0: I'm Ali Wine, a senior analyst with Eurasia Group's Global Macro Practice.
1: I'm Rana Mitter. I teach the history and politics of modern China at the University of Oxford.
0: Rana, it's a real privilege to be speaking with you. And first, congratulations on your new book, China's Good War, which debuted this September to widespread critical acclaim. And second, congratulations on a really superb essay in the new issue of Foreign Affairs magazine called The World China Wants. And of course, observers are probing increasingly and debating vigorously or with renewed vigor, what are the sources of China's power? What is the extent of its influence? And what are the contours of its strategic objectives? And in this foreign affairs essay, you distill the China model down to four elements to help us get at those questions. And those four elements are, in your estimation, authoritarianism, consumerism, global ambitions, and technology. How does your model help us better understand both where China would like to go and what challenges it might face in trying to get there.
1: Well, Ali, first, thanks for your kind words. And then let me say that that model of those four factors, as you say, authoritarianism, consumerism, global ambitions, and technology, is meant to suggest something wider about the analysis of China that we see in the Western world more broadly. Because I've tended to see a lot of analysis that tends to concentrate on one particular factor. That might be the rise of China's authoritarian politics, or it might be its military buildup, or it might be its huge economic power. But what strikes me is that actually it's the combination of different things coming together and making more than the sum of the parts that I think really gives us the idea of why China is so distinctive as a country, as a society, as a challenge to the liberal order. I have to say that there was a a small element of uh, a little game being played because in fact, the initials of those factors, A, C, G, T, scientists may know that those are the initials of the nucleotides that make up the DNA molecule. And of course, my idea was that just as DNA recombines in human beings and in all living things to create new forms of life, so these four factors recombine and make something much more than just the constituent elements to make a Chinese challenge a chinese alternative to the liberal world that we really need to get to grips
0: with i thought it was a brilliant formulation and i wanted to ask how did those how did those four elements come to you did they come to you somewhat organically did you think of them in parallel um, how did you arrive at that and again what i think is a brilliant formulation that happened and you talk about the notion of recombining in these in these dna like terms how did you how did you uh, formulate this particular uh, quadruplet It came to me because looking at particular phenomena that exist, which show
1: China in the world, all four of them seem to come together in distinctive ways so let me just give one example and it's a very well known one i think even in the west and that's tiktok sure. you know the uh, uh, the app which of course is a great uh, uh, a great hit with many people including my own 12 year old i have to have to say <laughs> so everyone knows broadly what tiktok is and if you think about it on the one hand the fact that it's produced by a chinese company is able to provide huge amounts of data which of course at least in a country like china can be gathered up by the state gives huge amount of fuel to the fact that an authoritarian government with no independent checks and balances can basically gather a lot of data on its citizens or indeed overseas citizens and do what it wills do what it wants with those but at the same time The fact that TikTok has been such a huge success amongst people who have no obligation to take it up, you know, my 12 year old isn't forced to take up uh, TikTok, Mm -hmm. it's just that she loves it. So that consumerist appeal is very different from say the old Soviet Union, the Chinese Communist Party and the private sector that's grown up under the party's tutelage has worked out how to appeal to a wider audience. And then globalization, because of course, TikTok is one of those elements that's managed to go across the world and be picked up well beyond China itself. One of the rare examples of China creating a sort of soft power environment for itself. And finally, last but not least, 10, 15 years ago, the idea that China would produce a smartphone app that would be welcomed around the world by at least those who wanted to play with it would have been, I think, pretty unthinkable. Now, of course, it's a reality. So it's all of those elements coming together and none necessarily being unimportant. The authoritarian element has to be acknowledged, but it also has to be acknowledged that it's not authoritarian in the way that North Korea or the old Soviet Union were pure force with no persuasive element. Instead, it's a mixture.
0: And I think that, that contextualizing China's authoritarianism within this broader sort of DNA-like framework you mentioned is really persuasive. And you note the enormous strides that China has made economically and technologically, but you do note, returning to this authoritarian element, you do state in your essay that the biggest, ops, and, and I'm quoting here, The biggest obstacle China will face is not the hostility of the United States or other adversaries, it is instead China's own authoritarianism. What is it about China's mode or version of authoritarianism that will constrain not only its ability to recombine those three other elements in your model, but ultimately, as you say, to create a plausible new form of global order?
1: I think in the last resort, that is the greatest obstacle in the way of China using those other factors, the consumerism, the globalization, the technology, which in many ways are very attractive to other societies. Mm -hmm. The problem is that making the world safe for the kind of very top down, very coercive system that China's operating at home. It's just a very hard sell abroad because at home it creates real injustices, you know, the clampdown on freedoms in Hong Kong, the uh, re-education camps so-called for the Uyghurs. These are things that really push away at China's ability to project a benevolent image of itself in the wider world. My point is that China could do the other things if it just leaned back from the authoritarianism and leaned into where actually it has a lot to offer the world.